you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. We consider it a great honor that we get to come across your airwaves. And whenever we have an opportunity to make a broadcast like this, I'm telling you, we're prayerful, we're excited, we're we're thankful for each and every one of you. We've been kind of moving along and talking about narcissistic uh, uh, folks and what they've done to us. And last week, we kind of started coming down a hill and doing different things like that. And soon we'll be talking to people who've been hurt by narcissists, come out the other end and some things like that. But we want to spend this week uh, starting on this Monday. First, let's say good morning to Kevin, who's out in Utah. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. How are you? All right. How's life in Utah these days, brother? Man, it is great. Um, I am privileged to be able to change my backyard on a regular basis and my side and front and, and out the bay window, which is my windshield, are mountains with mountains behind them with snow covered mountains. And some the, the mountains in the front are like cedar board, red layered. And it's just unbelievable view. It's thrilling to look out the windshield. So God is very good. And I'm excited. Well, amen. We're glad to hear from you, brother, and glad you're with us. And so today, folks, as we were going along, you know, I'm always praying. I'm always trying to zero in on uh, what's the best way we can continue to go on with narcissism. We don't want to just beat things up. Uh, we definitely wanted to a change to a place of healing because we get it. You know, a little while ago, I I, I posted a, a thing from the Narcissistic Abuse uh, website where they show a plate that was dropped on the floor, and it, it was just broken into pieces, and they pushed it all together, and they said, see, the plate was dropped on the floor, and it broke, and it'll never be the same. And I thought about that, and they're right. It will never be the same. But when we trust in the Lord for his healing, I'm here to tell you, friends, we could come out the other end. We may not be the same but we'll be better. We'll be exactly what God wants us to be. And in these in these knuckleheads who try to hurt us and abuse us, you know, there's a there's a new strength inside of us from the Holy Spirit of God saying, "Hey, Doug, you know what this guy's all about. You know what this gal's all about. Stop it." You know, uh, this is one of them. And, and God has a way of using these things to strengthen us. At the same time, uh, allowing us, you know, trials have a couple purposes. Purpose number one is so that we get closer to God. Purpose number two is so we can help people get closer to God. And I think that all of us are somewhere in between step one and step two. And I think God wants us to be through step two. I think he wants us out there working with people. So what came to my mind, and, you know, so many different things I wrote down on my sheet here, uh, you know, it's about God's sovereignty. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the verses I was going to start with, Kevin said, you're not going to believe this, but I just preached on that. So we're going to stay away from that a little bit and allow him, because God doesn't make mistakes like that. He doesn't give somebody a sermon and then the next day have an opportunity to share some of those thoughts. But when we think of God's sovereignty and, and taking the clay, which Kevin's going to talk about, being the potter and, and allowing God to shape our lives. And, and folks, this isn't an easy thing. I'm going to be quite honest with you. You know, we are, in a way, we want to be masters of what's happening in our life and all that. And then all of a sudden, we accept Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And the trials 
that we've been through or that we're going through now and stuff, we look at them differently. There's another way out now, and it's with God. So one of the verses I'm going to share, and we know this, don't we? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Delivereth him mm-hmm. out of them all. Many are the afflictions. Boy, everybody gets the afflictions, right? Isaiah forty-one ten. I wrote down, fear thou not. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So we got a choice, Kevin. Man, we can look I, to God, mm. and he can strengthen us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm getting fired up. Yeah. You're giving me, you're giving me more, more stuff, but really, isn't it true that everyone goes through affliction? So the, the notion that, well, if I follow God, it's going to be worse or going to be more trouble. And so that's going to, you know, my common sense should keep me from following God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Fact is when you follow God, afflictions count. You know, and um, <laughs> thank God for so, that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, uh, as you were talking, I was looking up some verses. Um, you know, the Bible talks about how God corrects the heathen. You know, if if someone is not yielded to God, it's like clay that's not yielded to the potter's hand. It's it's a miserable experience for both. And, and there's breakage and there's and, and, and I'm going to look at that if I get a chance in Jeremiah 18. But uh, but with a Christian, as God corrects us and it's a different level, a different kind of correction. And, and the verse I saw was Jeremiah 10. There's so much in Jeremiah about this kind of stuff. Oh, Lord, correct me. This is verse 24. But with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. <clears throat> so God corrects us with, with, you know, with measure. In fact, Jeremiah 46 puts it this way. It says, I will not make a fu- full end of thee. This is Jeremiah 46, 28, the end of the verse. But I, I will not make a full end of thee, but I, but will but correct thee in measure, yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished. So the idea here is that God deals with his children. If, if we know Christ, you know, you're a child of God. And so your afflictions are measured out in a way that will, you know, the, the, as it were, the fire of God will melt things back together and it will not completely destroy you. It's kind of like uh, it says in the New Testament, I can't remember. I know Paul talked about uh, the rock that falls and grinds things to powder, or we can fall on the rock and just be simply broken. So uh, as a child of God, I have this blessed relationship that's open through the blood of Jesus and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I feel God pressing the clay. And as he presses the clay, it's actually with measure with like, okay, it needs to go this far in this direction. I'm going to squeeze this here. I'm going to put a little handle on the pot, you know, going to make me a teapot. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just shape it just with the most minute, skillful, you know, moves of dexterity. And you know, I, that's just what God does. And I'm just glad we all, we all have to suffer, but man, I want suffering with direction and I want yeah. it to count. Yeah. And boy, that says everything right there. We, and, and to have it count, I like the way Kevin started with this as Christians <laughs> to have this count. All we got to do is go to the Lord and say, God, we need your help. 
Uh, we need you. Yeah. Re remember the Lord's words. And I love that parable you were talking about. It's somewhere in Matthew, but I love that. I just, it wasn't that long ago that I was listening to that, uh, you know, about the servants and stuff. And boy, these rocks come down, they'll grind you to powder. But I, I was thinking about James 1, 2, and 4, and, you know, through 4. And it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, translated trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work and that you may be perfect and entire, uh, wanting nothing. And, and God's talking about trials, bringing us to a place where we want nothing. And, uh, I don't know about you folks, but you know, I'm a want guy. I am a want guy. And, uh, you know, when I'm going through trials, the volume on want is turned up a little bit for me, man. I want the right things, you know, and, and I got to tell you that's, you know, when I eat the most, do the most unhealthy things and all that, and, and God's like, stop that, you know, uh, you know, my strength and your weakness, they go together. Stop fighting this. Just get out of the way. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be, I will restore health unto thee and I will uh, I love this. Heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom to no man seeketh after. The Lord will do the restoring. But you know, Kevin, we get stuck there, don't we? We get stuck in this mode of... Uh, you know, what's the best way of saying it? Going into the human side, uh, chasing after the worldly stuff, you know, going to the default human mode. And God's saying, stop it. Yeah. Well, when we fall into that mode, it, it means that we are no longer, um, you know, close to God. We're not pliable. We're not soft. We're not tender. And if we're not tender hearted, you know, we're just out chasing, like you said, God help us chasing, you know, comfort foods, that kind of thing. I say, God help us because I just went to a golden corral, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> been there. Yeah. <laughs> help Lord. Yeah. So I'm guilty, but you know, um, we can sometimes just lose a lot of ground gained if we uh, just go chasing some other things, because then God's got to take the things that we would call our fine adjustments. Yeah. I, I lost you, Kevin. I think it's a earpiece thing. And, and, uh, but folks, I get that, you know, these adjustments we've got to make. And, and uh, I, I think so often, you know, that we, as, <laughs> Can, are you back with me, brother? Hey, we're at a place now anyway where we got to go ahead and yeah. let these stations do what they got to do. But we'll come right back to you, Kevin. So hang with us a second. And folks, I'll tell you the devil's in the electronics. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Hey, folks, we're going to go ahead and go right back to Kevin. I apologize about a little bit of my gibberish there. It's my attempt not to have to edit this. Kevin, are you back with me, brother? <laughs> yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, it, I suddenly got little sounds in my ear that, that my call dropped. I got five bars of signal. I have no idea uh, what's up, though. So I'm, I am not on uh, Wi-Fi either. But, yeah, um, no, what you're saying is just so good because – 
you know, there's, I can think of times in my life where God was wonderfully at work. Just, it was, uh, it wasn't smooth sailing because the, the sea was kind of rough, but it was with purpose and it was with direction. Things were going in a good way. And, and for whatever reason, I got out of source with God, you know, just got distracted with what, like you said, the affairs of this life. And when those affairs, um, distracted me from God, then all of a sudden God had to chasten me. I mean, God had to say, boom, Hey, you're, you're here. I've been investing all these things and now you're making it hard on yourself. Why don't you just go ahead and get her squared away? So I was able to do that. And, and, uh, Anyway, it happens, happens too much, but here we are. It does. And, and, and you know what, folks, I love, I love this idea here in, in Jeremiah 18 and, and I'll never forget those words. I used to have them on my wall, arise and go. Remember where the Lord, uh, sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house and folks, I believe there's times in my life where God sent me down to the potter's house. I believe there's some things in my life where I have to stop because we're looking for want. We don't want anything. You know, we're not going to want for anything. God's going to take care of our needs, wants, and desires. But in order to get there, we got to go down to the potter's house. And we got to watch what happens with, you know, it's just some mud and water. And I mean, Kevin will know the scientific stuff that goes inside of it. My, my son took some pottery classes in college. He was, he was able to have a few electives. Most of it was covered in a secondary of uh, my youngest son. His secondary, I think, was a youth pastor or something like that. But uh, I, I'll never forget, he, he brought home these beautiful frogs. And I gave him money. I, wa- I wanted to buy everyone. I don't want the frogs to go into anyone else because he took that dirt and mud and he turned it into something beautiful and it, it looks painted and colored and eyeballs and it looks so good and it was just a hunk of dirt and, it, and it's like remember the mud that, that jesus just spit on and put on people's eyes and healed them god can take us dirty funky human beings who are so weird so messed up god can take that and shape that into something uh, that that works he can shape that into something that doesn't have needs, wants, and desires outside of what we learn to be content. As Paul reminds us, uh, reminded the church at Philippi and reminds us today, God can take us crazy things and say, look what the potter can do if you just go ahead and give up the mud. If you just go ahead and give up all that and let me deal with what I got to do with that. And, you know, as I, as the potter takes that clay, you know, there's some scummy stuff that comes out that they just, they, they, they just kind of squeegee it off and, and uh, there's some weird colors and they mix it all and it gets one solid, beautiful color. And, and the shape is just, and sometimes a square or a ball and, and the potter's hands just keep moving around. They, they change the complete look and boy, I, I love seeing things like that. I love people like that. I, you know, I got to tell you something. Some of the most impactful, and I say this with all humility and all honesty in my life, are those people who've had the broken hearts, who've had the trials, who have the painful bodies, who've been lied to, who've been rejected, who've been deserted. And and you guys, you know, and they've been hurt by those they love most. And yet with, you know, a shaky voice and wobbly knees, uh, they've, they've crawled their way back with God holding them up, with God being their strength and their weakness. They've completely changed. And, and you can see them when you're a preacher, Kevin will tell you, you can see these people. They're the people that cry easy and laugh easy. They're the mm-hmm. people who get on their knees easy. They're the first ones to the altar when it comes time to get right with God. They're the first ones to hug you in their arms. They're the first ones to cry. 
That's what we need, Kevin. We need to we need to look at the potter and realize what God can do. Yeah, boy, you know, uh, after the resurrection, the first one at the tomb was was Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So she she uh, yeah she she loved much because she was forgiven much. Yeah. You, you, you know, Jeremiah 18 is a great passage. And, and what I share, I was sharing this yesterday, last night when I was preaching here in Utah on uh, wounded spirits, but the, um, the scripture says, um, <laughs> I get the right verse and the vessel that he made of clay. This is Jeremiah 18 four, was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make it. And you know, clay is uh, is is. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the, I do know some of the science of it. You know, because as I preached about it, I understand when I kind of look into the background. I was a geology major in college, so this the geology of clay is it's silica. I remember this. It's a silica, and the molecules are are really flat, so they bind together in this slick way. So when you get them wet, they like to float in a uh, in a a uh, nice, thin, slick way, and they're, they're directional. They're, they can be formed very well. But that, that if you kind of take even wet clay, if you if you bend it sideways at a at an oblique angle, it it just kind of looks, you know, it's marred. It just looks messed up. And uh, because it's it was it was laid in one direction, and like you said, Doug, it went a different direction, and now it's it's marred. It's broken. And um, this is what's being talked about here. For some reason, the clay went from a nice, smooth life to a a breakage. And uh, the the breach that took place could have been because uh, a stone was found in the in it as it was spinning around, and the potter's hand caught the stone and spun it, uh, you know, around, and it just you know ripped the clay uh, or a stick or an air bubble or something. And air, air would be, you know, comparable to our pride. I mean, you know, pride uh, and the appearance of pride, like King Uzziah, will mar things in the hands of the potter. Or like King Hezekiah will mar, mar us in the hand of the potter. So it is, it is wonderful that we have a God who says, hey, I'm a potter, and I can make it again another vessel. So how many times... Have you or I, Doug, or someone is listening, I, and I call PTSD getting marred in the hand of the potter. Maybe it was from an external thing, like, you know, someone threw us threw a stick and it stuck in the wet clay before, you know, and it, and it unfortunately penetrated it while it was vulnerable. And that would then mar it, and it would have to be made again. He would just collapse the whole thing and rise it again. And Man, if you've ever seen a potter do his work on the wheel, when you see a, a lump of clay rise because the potter is exercising pressure on the inside and the outside with his two hands, if you can picture it, it rises. I mean, it grows. Yeah. So praise God. We, we serve a God that says, you know what? If the smooth plan A is marred by this awful trauma, maybe you brought it on yourself. Maybe you didn't. I am bigger than the trauma, and I can actually collapse everything and pr and praise the Lord, make it into something better than it ever was before. Something Plan B can be better than Plan A because oh, yeah. redemption. You know, folks, uh, I'm telling you, be the clay. Be the clay. 
be ready to be shaped. I mean, when you just, when that Holy Spirit prompts you and you let it go, I mean, some of us get stuck there, man. We, we go to the couch. We stop going to the gym. We barely make it to work. We barely make it home. Uh, you know, going to church is a chore. Life is a chore. Stop it. God says, go down and look at the potter. I can take that silica mud, whatever the craziness is, and I can turn that into a vessel that's worthy of you eating food out of. I can turn that into a vessel uh, that represents my blood and my body. It's held by that. We can put the bread in there and the wine in there. I mean, I can turn that into a vessel that changes things. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all the destructions. Folks, we sure do love you, folks. Be the clay. Be the clay. Cry unto your Lord today. Hey, if there's anything we can do for you, you know how to get a hold of us. We're looking forward to tomorrow. You want to be out. Tomorrow's episode is all about the kids. Generational sin. Make sure you're part of it. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.